Hey there, friends. It's Nick with another super quick podcast today because I'm still on deadlines, on deadlines most of this week. But I wanted to talk a little bit about culture. In fact, it's the other side of culture. I'm not talking about big C culture. I'm not talking about the culture wars. I'm not even talking about the importance of company culture. But I've been working with, I'm working at the moment with a client who's absolutely fascinating guy. And I guess you could say over the past 20 years, he's been building or turning around brands. Let's say that. So he's into the, the sort of the strategic, the brand, the product, the message. You know, he, he, his work cuts across all that for, for his clients. And he's got such an extraordinary or different kind of take on culture. Because when he talks about, when he talks about creating a brand, and I often talk, I often use this word, this sort of four words, building a business or building a brand. But there's a distinction, a really interesting distinction in what he says, I think, because really when he talks about it, he's talking about growing a brand and rather like when we, we grow, we grow something in the real world, you know, you don't just get hold of a seed and expect it to grow. You, you plant it, you, you prepare the ground, you plant it in fertile soil and, you know, you make sure it's, it's got the food it needs and the water it needs and the warmth it needs. And that's how something grows, right? And for him, when he talks about culture, he is talking about the culture from which powerful, successful, resonant brands grow. And it's just, it's really been on my mind this week because I've talked a lot about how stories, how the stories we tell can create the, the, the kind of mythology around the businesses we are building. But when I talk to this, this client, what he's saying is that he's talking about the importance of embedding a brand, rooting a brand or a business in a particular culture. I mean, he comes from a, a subculture, you know, he's, he's a little bit younger than me, not too much, but a little bit younger than me. And he, he grew up in the same kind of time when computers and synthesizers and, and all this kind of digital revolution stuff before the internet, but digital re revolution all the same when it was allowing us to create all these extraordinary things, whether it be videos or music or, you know, games, programs on the computer or whatever. And he was part of the rave scene and really only on his life that gave him this understanding about the power of culture, of subculture, of tribal identity. And it's just reminded me. It's just reminded me, because I've talked about niche a lot on this podcast and about the importance of niching down so you're serving exactly the right audience. Yesterday, we talked about uh, the guy who, who basically paid people, advertised for, so that he could talk to his target market and just um, really understand, really understand what they needed, what they wanted, what their pain points were. But this client is, I think, saying something deeper. And the reason it resonates with me is because when you embed your business or your brand in a culture that already exists, you can kind of slipstream. This particular guy has been involved in a couple of sports brands, and one of them is a really well-known in the cycling community brand of sportswear, cycling sportswear. And he talked about how he 
created the, the designs of the clothing and the messaging and the advertising, all that kind of stuff based on the kind of the fifties and sixties, which were the golden age of cycling. I might've mentioned it before in the podcast. And what he's doing really, I mean, it's, it's appropriate in cycling. If you're drafting someone, if you're kind of slipstreaming someone, you know, you, you get a real kind of boost on your speed or it, it, it takes 30% or so less energy to cycle right behind someone than it does to be the person in front. Right. And when you're embedding a brand or a business in a culture, in a subculture, I think there's a similar kind of thing. It's just easier because your brand becomes an expression of that group, of that tribe, of what they believe, of who they, of who they are or who they want to be. And I've seen a couple of, um, examples of this recently. My, one of my really good friends is, he sells in a particular niche related to nature foraging and his business is just going gangbusters at the moment because he speaks directly to this wellspring of people who feel, they feel disconnected from the land. You know, that feeling, that feeling of, of, of being apart from nature and they want to get it back and his fantastic products and, you know, services and what have you, they connect people back to the earth. And it's a really powerful expression of this idea, particularly because the metaphor I'm using here is rooting a business, rooting a business in a subculture. Likewise, I've talked earlier on in the year about the guys at Critical Role, who seven years ago, over seven years ago, started playing D&D online. And, you know, I've been watching, I've been gradually going through the episode of that and absolutely loving it. And there was an example the other day. So 10, I think 10 episodes in, so we're talking back in, you know, wherever it was, 2016 or something, 10 episodes into their series, they casually announced that, that because some of the people had some of the fans, cause they already had fans, they already had subscribers had requested it. They'd made a few t-shirts available based on some of the t-shirts they'd been wearing on these games. And it was the most extraordinary thing before they'd finished announcing them, before they'd admit that they'd finished describing what was on offer, all the t-shirts had sold out. Now there was only a hundred, but I say only a hundred, but imagine that, you know, you're, you're talking about what's on offer, you're showing it off before you've finished the whole, the whole hundred are sold out because you are drafting, you are slipstreaming the identity, the tribe that people want to be part of. And it's really made me think, and, um, and when my client talks about this, of course, he's talking about storytelling. He's talking about stories and mythologies and symbols and places of worship. I'm using air quotes around that, but the kind of, you know, the places of worship and the, the superstitions and the, the rituals and the icons and all that kind of stuff that go up to make a culture or a subculture. And it's really interesting because. I tend to think that stories are everything. Stories are how we interact with the world, how we understand the world. But this has really given me a, a way of going deeper into this. And it's really made me think this decision I made, you know, late last year to focus more on this geek kind of market is a really good one. And it's taking a lot of work, you know, I'm, I'm nowhere near there yet, but it's it's again, it's a subculture, a subculture that is more than just a niche 
because it's more than us just focusing down on a particular thing. It's, it's about that particular thing, wanting to express their identity in a, in a tribal way. Does that make sense? As ever, this podcast is the first draft of what I'm thinking on a particular day, but that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking about is, is how can I help my clients express themselves, their tribes through the work that I do, through the services that I provide, if that makes sense. It's part of what I think when I'm looking at the, at the world around me through this lens of culture, subculture and what have you, is part of what makes other really successful companies. It makes their stories mean business. Thanks for listening. If you want to dig deeper into the stuff that I do when I'm not just doing the first draw of what I'm thinking, search online for story.business. Bye now.